Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Benjamin Moore and Sherwin-Williams. Welcome to the Painter Marketing Mastermind Podcast, the show created to help painting company owners build a thriving painting business that does well over $1 million in annual revenue. I'm your host, Brandon Pierpont, founder of Painter Marketing Pros and creator of the popular PCA educational series, Learn, Do, Grow, Marketing for Painters. In each episode, I'll be sharing proven tips, strategies, and processes from leading experts in the industry on how they found success in their painting business. We will be interviewing owners of the most successful painting companies in North America and learning from their experiences. In this series titled People Make Dream Businesses, Jason Phillips of Phillips Home Improvements will be discussing how to escape contractor prison and build the painting company of your dreams. It is a six-part series. In episode one, Jason discussed key one to escaping contractor prison, true leadership in your painting company. In episode two, this episode, Jason will cover key two to escaping contractor prison, building a highly effective team. In episode three, Jason will deep dive into key three to escaping contractor prison, creating and implementing efficient systems. In episode four, Jason will discuss how your painting company needs to market itself for long-term and big-time growth. In episode five, Jason will elaborate on the DISC personality assessment and how to use it to ensure you have the right people in the right seats. And in the final episode of this series, episode six, Jason will take a deep dive into motivators. How do you get everyone excited and motivated to help your painting company grow and succeed? If you want to ask Jason questions related to anything in this podcast series, you can do so on our exclusive Painter Marketing Mastermind podcast forum on Facebook. Just search for Painter Marketing Mastermind Podcast Forum on Facebook and request to join the group or type in the URL, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Painter Marketing Mastermind. Again, that URL is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Painter Marketing Mastermind. There you can ask Jason questions directly by tagging him with your question so you can see how anything discussed here applies to your particular painting company. Jason, after that incredibly lengthy intro that I gave, thank you for coming back for episode two here, man. I am honored to be back, and I'm excited about the subject we we get to discuss today, Brandon. You you are a, a people person. You're all about people and being a leader. So I'm excited to uh, to hear you about how you're building this team that you have. I'm excited. I'm excited as well. You know, it's a it's a new year. We are today. Uh, well, it's the last day of the month here, and we had had a great January so far. I hope everybody is doing doing well early in the year. Heck yeah. Yeah, the uh, we got to keep that abundance mindset in 2023. Uh, you and I were talking a little bit before we we kicked off here about some of the the fear and the scarcity mindset that's going around right now, but we're not going to succumb to that. You know, if we just listened to all the all, all the bad news out there, we would just might as well just close up shop and and stay home, right? Hundred percent. Yeah. If you if you start listening to the statistics and the naysayer, then what you, you would never start a business. It's a terrible idea. No, yeah, right. they, all, they all fail, 90% fail, whatever it is. 
but we're, we're not those people because we did start a business and we are running a business. That's right. Um, awesome. So we, we have these first three episodes, you know, broken up into contractor prison. You're very big on, on these several stages of contractor prison. The last episode, we really talked about what leadership looks like. Now, this episode, we're really going to be focused on building a highly effective team. So let's kind of start maybe from, from square one. What do you do if, if you're looking around, you don't have that team, how do you start? Well, let's, you know, Brandon, let's start with, with the mindset. Um, you know, why would you even want to build a team? If, and, and you may not want to build a team. If you like working with your hands, if you don't like people, and you're happy with where you're at, then you can just tune out right now. But most of the contractors that I meet want to do more. They want to grow their business while improving their life. You know, who wants to double their business and double or quadruple their headaches? I can promise you this. If you do it wrong and you double your business, your headaches are going to go up by a factor of 10 they're not going to scale evenly. Your headaches will scale exponentially wow. if you do it wrong. But if you do it right, you can have an inverse relationship, meaning your 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 company can grow and your headaches can go down if you do it right. And everybody wins. You know, and building a team is not about building your your life off the sweat of the brow of of other people. That's not what it's about. It really is about building up people. And when you build up people, you get to go up as well. And, you know, if you really, really want to, to, to do something amazing with your company, you're not going to do it alone. You've got to bring some people with you and help them, let them help you carry the load. And it, it marvelous things happen when you build a team. And when you get them, you know, a lot of you guys out there, uh, guys and gals, I know y'all do. I know y'all y'all uh, do the traction entrepreneurial operating system 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 system, the EOS. And uh, Gino Wickman talks about getting everybody in the boat to row the same direction, so your boat goes forward. And that is such a great analogy. It's such a great analogy. I've always said that, you know. Uh, most of you guys probably have some employees right now. And, and I've always said that if your company is, is, is like a ship or a boat, uh, a sailboat, a big sailboat, and you're going to have probably three types of people on that boat. You're going to have some passengers looking over the side, enjoying the scenery as you go along. And you're also going to have some anchors that are dragging the bottom, holding you back. And then you're going to have some that are sails catching the wind and propelling you forward into the future. You could probably divide your team into those three categories right now. Maybe you're even doing that right now. And the idea is to uh, get everybody to be um, a sail on your boat and help catch the wind and take you forward. And not everybody wants to grow. Not everybody wants to do something different. Some people want to stay where they're at. Some people will always be anchors and you've got to cut them. Unfortunately, that's, that, that's one of the toughest things. One of the hardest things about running a business is dealing with personnel issues. It's not fun. It's great when everybody's winning and everybody's exceeding expectations, but, but when there's difficult times, uh, 
you know, maybe the economy's down, maybe business is down, or maybe someone's not performing up to expectations. Dealing with those problems is the probably the least fun. So I always say that, you know, the people are the best part and the worst part of, of running the business, you know? So, uh, you know, Brandon, one of the things that, uh, that is amazing about teams is, is teams put the right people. Let's just take a football team for instance, for example, they have a team, but for any given play, they have the right amount of people, not the right amount, the right people on the field for that play mm. to maximize that play. Think about this. If uh, you know, we, we're, we're just right at it at the hottest time of the year for football, right? American football. Yep. yep. And if it's a kickoff, you have different players than you do if you're on defense. And so, and even, even on offense, if there's certain plays, they're going to bring in certain players. And so I want you to think about that on your team as a company, you want to have the right people in playing the right position at the right time. For instance, I'll give you an example. Uh, in our company, uh, appointments for our salespeople and for our project managers and for our crews, we, we don't just schedule based on fairness or geography. We schedule based on, like if it's sales, who is going, who is going to turn this lead into a sale for the company? Not who needs leads today. Oh, I feel bad for this person. Again, I, I might come off as a cold-hearted guy. That's not, that's not what this is about. But it really is about managing a team of people. Now, maybe, you know, maybe you're listening today and uh, maybe, maybe you don't have a team other than the painters. So maybe it's you and the painters. Maybe you're the mastermind, you know, of the, of the company. Maybe you're playing every position except painter. Maybe you're even still painting, right? So, so as you go to build a team, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. And you can do it right. You can do it wrong. And uh, I could probably, I could write a book, many books on how to do it wrong until, until I eventually got it right. Okay. Yeah. And that's why I, sh that's why I'm sharing here today is because, you know, I don't want you guys and gals out there to make every mistake in the book that, that I made. You guys have resources. Now you have podcasts like the painter marketing pros podcast and other resources of uh, people that you can learn from others that have already paid the price of education. Yep. And so that's why I'm here to share today, just because, man, I care about you guys. I feel your pain. I've been there. I've done it. I've made these mistakes. I've been in contractor prison. And uh, if if I can help share something with you to give you a little freedom, man, that's going to, that, that just, that, that blesses me. So, you know, but when we, when we talk about, uh, Brandon, I don't know if you if 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 you have any particular questions you want to ask. I know I'm just talking about this, but you're you're uh, you're you're killing it, man. Are we you good? Know, I, okay. I, I love so, it, but yeah, no, I I do have a, a couple of things. So I want to dive into this this idea of of um, passengers, anchors, and sales, right? So I think the the analogy is pretty clear. You know, sales are helping you move forward, go in the direction that you want the boat to go. Anchors are obviously slowing progress. They're they're detractors you know, in EOS and then uh, 
And then we have passengers that sort of freeloaders. They're not actively working against anything. They're not super contributing. Um, and I, I really want to deep dive into this. So I'm, I'm almost in my in, in myself trying to figure out where I want to start. But I guess let's start with how do you identify? Because it could seem easy, but but then when you actually hit the the messiness of the world of reality of when you look inside your business and things are not always so clean cut as they are maybe in a book or on a podcast, how do you clearly identify who's a a passenger, who's an anchor, and who's a sale? Well, um, here's here's a simple non-scientific way. Let's start that way. Okay. Look at each one of your people and you know, maybe make a list of them, write their names down and ask yourself this question for each one of them. If this person came in today and told me that they got a better offer down the road and they're quitting, would I chase them down? Man, I love that. That's a nice litmus test. And that right there is, uh, it's a great litmus test. Okay, but if, if you think about this, you know, who is, who on your team is not only doing their job, but is an ambassador for your brand? Are they just coming in, doing their job, or are they excited? You know, there's a, there's a, a, a key for us is is people that don't want to be engaged is we have we have a very unique culture at our at our company and it's uh uh we call it teamily hmm. and it's it sounds kind of corny okay but it means something to our team we took the word team and family and we put them together to make one word teamily and I want to, you know, invite you or welcome you. If you want to adopt this into your culture, you are more than welcome to. Um, as a team, we work to we 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 work together as a team. We we put the right people on the field at the right time so the company, the team can win, not for individual glory, not so so and so can hit a goal. We do it so the team can win. Okay, uh, teams have the practice field, they have the locker room. And good, great teams hold one another accountable. They don't wait for the coach to have the meeting after the game. Those are the things that teams do. They celebrate wins. Now, families, families have one another's back. They pick one another up. They, they, they spend time together outside of work. Okay, families love each other no matter what. And when you put those two together, that's what we have. We have teamily at our company. And it is, uh, it's, it's very difficult to define, but you know it and you, and you know, when someone is teamily or not, and, and that culture right there, we, we, we want everybody to have a dose of that culture on the first day that they start work at our company. Uh, we, we have a, we have a team lunch where we, uh, invite several of the team members to, uh, uh, come in and we all have about 10 of us and we have lunch with a new person and everybody takes a moment to share. Hey, here's, you know, my name's Joe, John, whatever. Here's what I do here. Here's my favorite thing about working at this company. And uh, here's some tips to, to help you succeed here. Mm -hmm. And everybody goes around the room and just shares and to, to just help that first 30 days awesome. is critical. If someone is not getting engaged or making a friend in the first 30 days, 
the likelihood that they're going to stick is going to be very low. Yeah, you're, you're very proactively addressing kind of a, a cultural integration, showing them what the culture is like and kind of walking, welcoming them with open arms as opposed to just, hey, here's your, here's your desk, here's your cubicle, here's your job, go ahead and get, get busy. Absolutely. Absolutely. What would you recommend if there are, are people listening, you know, you run a pretty sizable company, you know, somewhere in the, the vicinity, eight, 8 million, right? You're almost at, at eight figures, I think at this point, uh, a lot of people listening aren't quite that high. So maybe they, for them, it might be challenging to have 10 people at a lunch table. How could people listening who are maybe at a million, 2 million, maybe 500,000, how could they try to try to incorporate this idea of teamly and welcoming people the right way when they have a smaller team? You know, really the concepts are the same. Hmm. We've got to, we've, we've got to switch from, oh, we're just all about work. Just come in and get your numbers. And to, we care about people and you know, your, your culture at your company is the personality of your company. And there's, there's a 99% chance that the cult, the personality of your company mirrors your, your personality as the owner, the strengths and the weaknesses. Okay. So if you're a big people person, like a, you know, high eye on the disc profile, okay. You're, you probably already have this component, but if you're, um, if you're a low eye person, maybe with a high C personality and you're a very detailed person, you may not be the most warm, fuzzy person out there and that's okay. But you need, uh, if you're going to build a team, you have to build, you should build a well-rounded team. And that means building a team of people that are complementary to you, not just like you. When that's one of the mistakes, one of the pitfalls that uh, leaders make early on is because we we attract people that are just like us. That's who we tend to hire, and we end up with a lopsided team. Think about it. Think about a wheel trying to roll down the road, and it's got a big flat spot on it. It's going to not roll very fast, right? And that's what happens if you have if you have a, an unbalanced team. So it's very important to, to know who you are as a leader, as you start building your team, as a manager, as an owner, as a person. And one of the, one of the common, most, one of the, one of the most common traits or one of the traits that's most common among the most successful people is a self-awareness. Yeah. And most people that I meet and me included up until up until a few years ago are not very self-aware. And once you start uh, becoming self-aware, then you can start seeing how other people are going to fit into your puzzle. It's like, you've got this company, it's like a thousand piece puzzle and you've got to put every piece exactly where it belongs. And knowing, knowing who you are and who you need is, is there. So, uh, you know, if, if we, most guys in the painting, again, when I say guys, please forgive me. I mean, guys and gals. I use guys as an inclusive, all-inclusive term. All-inclusive, yeah. The, the, uh, it's like we're, 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 if you look at it, most painters are owner-operators. Maybe still doing some of the painting or maybe not doing some of the painting. Okay, but if we start looking at all the other things that have to happen to run a business, I'm just going to list off some of them. 
that that are not the painting. Yep. I call the painting the making the widget because it applies whether you're painting or roofing or doing floors, whatever, making the widget. Marketing, appointment setting, answering the phones, sales, project scheduling, project management, collections, customer satisfaction, complaint handling, reputation management, accounting, taxes, IT, hiring, interviewing, other HR like benefits, progressive discipline, compensation plans, reviews, goal setting, process documentation, training, building culture, negotiating material prices and managing those relationships. And the list goes on. And I'm here to say right now that if you, if you can, uh, you know, surpass a million dollars without building a team, and many of you are, you're a superstar already. You are a superstar already if you can do that. Now, there's a lot of things. How can you be good? Brandon, how can you be good at everything that I just listed? Yeah, I think that would be very difficult. So let me let me let me show you something. Oh man, look at this. Have I showed you my friend? I don't think you've shown me this. My friend, the, the Swiss Army knife. I love okay. it. Guess what? This Swiss Army knife, it can do sales and marketing and appointment setting and hiring and accounting and taxes and compensation plans and reviews, and it can even paint. This is giant Swiss Army knife. But how many of those can it do really well? None. None. This is the every owner operator when they're Jack building of all trades. Business. Start out, you do everything, but you need to eventually have people specialize in that stuff. Whoa. Jason, where are you, where are you even hiding all this stuff, man? Now, this is what you need to hire. Yeah. Right here. Okay. That's intense. So here, so here's the point. This what we're talking about is the concept of specialization. And you know, you go from a Swiss Army knife or you're a one-man show. You know, you're a genius, even, and even if you're not even doing the painting anymore, there's so many things to do. There's no possible way you're going to be awesome at all of them. Yep. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to be good enough. And, and even if you could be great at all of them, there's not enough time in the day to do them all or to do them all well, or to even master them. So as, as we specialize, we're going to, you know, Many, many of the guys are like, who, who's the, here's the biggest question I get. Again, I talked to so many painting contractors. The biggest question, the biggest question I get is who should I hire first? Should I hire a salesperson or should I hire a project manager? Have you, I bet you've heard that question before That's too. The right? age old one, right? Yeah. And or should I hire one person to do them both? Or one person to do them both. Right. So the, um, those are both very important jobs. You know, I would suggest um, that you first hire someone to, you know, answer the phone, set the appointments and do a lot of the administrative work first. And then once that's cut, once that's covered, then hire either sales or, uh, or production and project, uh, project management. There's not a right or wrong answer to that. A lot of that is going to be based on which which piece would you rather not do? Yep. 
which piece can you uh, find the right person to do well? Okay. So the the point of specialization is is you start if you if you look at if you look at your your job wearing all of these hats, you know, or that Swiss Army. Let's just go back to that Swiss Army knife. And you're trying to, you know, in you're trying to cut meat with a Swiss Army knife. One of those blades, I have no clue which blade is going to cut that on there, but I know what does cut. It's a meat cleaver. So, yeah. you know, for everyone listening, Jason had a, a massive Swiss Army Swiss Army knife, I guess replica statue kind of thing, and then a, a massive meat cleaver uh, that he's, he's using as a comparison here. So we we begin to specialize, and as uh, we hire a specialist. And maybe that person does sales and project management initially. Okay. But as you grow your company, you want to begin to let people specialize because when people specialize, they can get really, really good yep. at one when, particular thing. When you're, when you're looking for these specialties, do they need to have, have it? Or are you looking for the person? You're looking for the person or are you looking for the skill? We can train the skill. Okay. If, if we, if you find yourself and you very well may in the position where you really want someone with experience, what that really says is we don't have a good training program. So I need someone that already knows how to do it. Yep. And that's okay if that's where you're at, but that's not where you want to eventually end up. Right. As long as you acknowledge that it's not ideal, it's just where you are. It's not ideal because people, people with experience bring in bad habits, people with experience also have ingrained ways of doing things that they don't ever want to change. And when you, there, you know, so there's a cost to that, but there's also a cost to training someone. So, you know, wherever you're at, you need to just be aware of, of, of what you're getting and, and the pros and cons of each of them. But the, the beauty is, is to slowly, as you grow your company, hire people to do everything that you're doing so that you become a specialist in leading people. Hmm. And that's going to take a new set of skills back to back to step number one, becoming a better leader. And now you're a specialist at leading people and a generalist in everything that you used to do. You still know a little about sales. You still know a little about marketing. And there's going to be times as you are, are growing your company that, you know, may, maybe, maybe you've got someone doing the sales and they're doing well. You've got a project manager doing the, running the projects and you're going to specialize on marketing for a period of time and become a, um, a you know, an expert, maybe not a total expert, but become very good at marketing. Hmm. And, uh, and that's great. But eventually as your company grows, you're going to hire someone to handle that as well. Now you're overseeing a team of people that are doing that. And so your, your people skills are the most important skills that you need to develop. So let, let's get into this idea. You know, we've now defined, okay, you, you start when you start as a, as a painting company owner, you're an owner operator, typically you're sort of a jack of all trades. You're this Swiss army knife. You can do it all. Don't, don't do any of it. Great. And then we now know, all right, you, you need to kind of build yourself out of this stuff, right? A higher position by position by position to get these specialists in there. If you have the training program, 
then you can really hire the person because you can teach them the skill. If you don't, if you're kind of struggling a little bit with that, well, then sometimes you might need to make a concession and you might need to hire someone with the skill recognizing they might bring in some some pre-existing habits that you don't like or, or that don't end up being effective. But let, let's kind of talk about, um, I guess, the actual process of how to do that. So in terms of, let's say you don't have a training program and you know that that you need to hire for X, Y, or Z position, what's what's step one in actually creating your own training program? How do you do that? Do you just document your own SOPs? Do you go get education? You buy it elsewhere? What do you recommend? You know, you could do any of that. The, the, the mistake that most people make when creating a training program is, is writing it in minute detail, everything. That's one mistake that people make when making a training program. Excessive detail. Excessive detail. People cannot absorb that. Learning is an iterative process. You can't learn it all at once. So you, you break it down into simple, simple steps. For instance, if you're going to, you know, train someone to set appointments, well, the first thing you want to want them to do is to sit properly in the chair because someone that's slouching, however, they're, however, they're, they're feeling they're sitting, it's going to come through on the phone. Yep. So we're going to sit up straight. We're going to smile because your smile can be heard through the phone. So the first thing to talk about would be posture. And then wouldn't think you, that, man. And you 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 from there you simply work on how to answer the phone. Yep. We're not we're not setting an appointment. Here's how we're going to answer the phone every single time. And you write it down. You know, it might be something like um Hello, thank you for calling Painter Marketing Pros. This is Jason. How may I direct your call? something like that. And every single time you want your people to work a system. And if you discover or they discover a, a better way to do something, say, okay, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to agree. We've written it down. Here's the, here's the phone answering script. If we decide to change it, we're going to one, agree on it. Two, we're going to write it down and make sure that everybody who's answering the call does it the same way. Right. It's very important to establish that you're, you have a process by which you change things. Hey guys, here's how we're going to do it. And I want to tell you this. I want to, I want Brandon, you're better off to have everybody doing it the same way than some people doing it the best way and other people doing it another way. Well, because you you need to be like that that flock of geese flying in a V. Yeah. As a team. Everybody knows exactly what what they're doing. Okay. So when what what happens here's here's the problem. It, it may not sound like a big deal when you only have a small team. But when when you don't have a way of doing things, people do what they think is best. We call that freelancing. There's not a particular way of doing it. So they do what they think is best. But here's, here's the thing. That person that's been working at your company for a week or three months or a year, they're not the business owner. They don't know the, they don't have the bird's eye view of your company. They have, 
They have limited knowledge. They have li limited vision in their department or in their sphere of what you have them doing. Okay. And in our process, it's very important that our appointment setters follow a particular script because that script is continued by the salesperson who knocks on the front door of the homeowner. And we need to know that, that the, that the link in the chain is not broken. And so people that, that just start in our call center, uh, they may not fully, they may not fully understand that. Of course we tell them, but they may not fully understand the implications. That's why we have a system for them. So back to what we were saying is how would we start? Okay. Yeah. Break whatever you want them to do, break it down into its most basic components and teach those components one at a time. And so what we say at our companies, we say, uh, small sections to perfection. Okay. We've, we've worked on answering the phone our, our posture or we've answered the phone. Okay. Let's work on the next piece. So it sounds like you're, you're cutting this down, uh, into these bite-sized pieces, <clears throat> but you said one mistake that people will make sometimes when they're building a training is they'll actually cut it down too far or they'll get, they'll get too minute. What would you, what would be an example of, of, you know, they're, they're over documenting or I guess becoming overly detailed here. Well, let's, you know, we could say, well, move your cursor to the top right of the screen, click on this button, drop down, you know. Things it, that are, don't really gonna, need to be said. You're going to assume that someone uh, uh, knows how to work a computer and the basics of the system you're working. I see. For instance, um, there's a classic example of, you know, tell me, tell me how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Well, I'm going to assume that you know what bread, what a bag of bread is. And right. you know what peanut butter is and that peanut, peanut butter is typically stored in the pantry. You know, so I would just say, get the peanut butter and the bread and put this much amount of peanut butter on there in the, in the basics of it. Right. right. So, um, and there are, you know, if you're doing brain surgery, you know, there's, there's a very important checklist that surgeons use to, for, to make sure to prevent infections and make sure they have everything they need. But, we're we're talking basic things here that we need to train people. It's like training wheels for their for their job. Sure. We want we want to the, the quicker that the new people can have a sense of mastery of little pieces of their job, the more satisfaction and motivation they're going to have. And would you include the I guess we'll call them the key performance indicators, uh you know what what success looks like in their job would that be built into this process or how do you handle that? Absolutely. Clarity. You know, if, if it's going to be, Hey, we need, um, again, we're just using appointment setters for a moment, right? Sure. Um, uh, some of the, some of the, uh, appointments that we run, we get to meet with, uh, man and wife, what we call all interested parties, or some of them are solo decision makers, or just, um, we only get in, to meet with one of the two parties. Well, we have metrics like, hey, we need you to get a two-party commitment on this percentage of the appointments. So we need you to make this many, you know, if you're on outbound calls, we need you to make this many per hour mm. and this this many appointment sets per uh, hour if you're on outbound calls, things like that. Of course, we want them to be able to measure that success right out of the gate or, or tell them at least what the target is and help, you know, after week one, we need you to be here. 
After week two, we need this level of performance from you. You know, you wouldn't expect a, a painter that's been painting with you for, you know, uh, three weeks to, to have the same proficiency as a guy who's been with you for five years. Right. And it's the same thing, but you, they still need an example of what does excellence look like. Right. So you, so we're talking about, and I'm just kind of trying to break this down. Uh, so, so you start the company, you're the owner operator, you realize you need to specialize. You don't have maybe the training program. There's a variety of ways to get there, develop it. You you break it down into its simplest components while maintaining uh, some reasonable reasonable semblance of what what doesn't need to be documented. For example, where you know where the peanut butter, what peanut butter is, moving the, the mouse cursor is you know you don't need to document every little thing that's absurd. Um, but you still need the the process needs to be consistent. The the especially as things are whatever the customer the prospective customer is experiencing that link in that chain needs to be consistent. And now you're at a, at a point where you're hiring for different positions. Ultimately, the goal for yourself is to be a people, your your job skills, then people eventually as you kind of build yourself out of everything. But let's talk about now we're hiring for these different positions. We're, we're doing this. We're, we're building the training program and not just, the, not just the, the actual way that people need to conduct their position and their job, but actually what success looks like so they know whether or not they're doing a good job within the, the confines of what they're doing. Uh, now we get to a point where hiring people, how do you then start? let's talk about this idea of maybe a middle management or, or you managing, or now we start to get into this. Well, the first hire, you, you can be pretty involved. The second hire, you can still be fairly involved. Now you got a third, now you got a fourth, now you got a fifth. Now things start to get a little more complicated. Let's talk about that. Well, that's, that's a key. If you, the, the management, the, the leaders, the managers, whatever you want to call them. Okay. Uh, at our company, I call them leaders, uh, but they're leader managers. Nobody at my company is a does only leading or only managing. I'm expecting uh, leading leader managers, and that's a, a conversation probably for another day. But, but if we're going to, you know, hire a salesperson, we need to know what type of person we're looking for. Here's here's the you know the, the profile. Here's where the uh, the the personality. Here's the background, and this and that, and the values. And ultimately, you know, if you think about this, if you hire people that are superstars, but they don't make your team better, what good is it? If you hire someone who's a superstar but they're arrogant, is that going to help your team or hurt your team? I mean, how I, I hear stories all the time of people, I'd say people, of of owners held hostage by veteran painters Yikes. who who can paint great, but they're terrible teammates. They're arrogant. They're grouchy. That that doesn't help your team. That the the quicker you can weed that out, the better. They're they're on a team, there's no place for that and a, a a player who makes the team great is better than a great player That's we have good. to remember that i think pretty much everyone who listens to this podcast you know pr pretty much the entire audience is in this this mindset of scalability you know building a business and if you i guess the best way to kind of think about that would be yourself you know we, we all think we're we're particularly adept at something most of us are because it's hard to start a business hard to grow a business so if you've done that you're probably pretty exceptional, right? You're, you're above average for sure. Um, but are you scalable? 
are you going to get, you know, is anybody, is Jason Phillips going to get to 8 million, 10 million, 20 million on his own? He's not. Can I get there for him? No, I can't. So if you can't get there, then probably your lead painter or, or your best estimator, or your best project manager, they're not going to get there. You're building a holistic thing. And if you're not enough, then they're not enough. So if they're causing issues, they have to go. But that is obviously a painful thing. Absolutely. Again, the best and the worst part of being in business is the people. It's the people. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. It's great and it's brutal. But, but if you know, when you start looking at all of this, you start to see the importance of leadership skills. You know, early on in your business, when you're focused on on making the widget, leadership is this thing that's you know that's this crazy thing. I don't fully understand it. I don't have time for that mess. Culture values doesn't really mean anything. You're just getting yeah. it day to day. But then then you get up you. you you have that you get to this level of success and now you're like, Oh man, wow. I really do need that stuff. Oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, I've been there. I think there. it's just this, you think it's just this hoopla, you know, yeah. that people are selling you cause it sounds good or feels good or makes them look good or whatever. And, and then you realize it's not hoopla when you get to that point. Exactly. And it's, it's about managing and leading people so that you can get more done. Your life can be better. And their life can be better. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of, again, a lot of owners I talk to struggle with making the jump from doing the job to leading the people that do the job. It's a completely different skill set. You don't have to be um, a master painter to lead a team of, to be a project manager. You don't, Yep. you need to know what's, you know, what the process is, what success looks like. And you need to be able to, to, uh, you know, gain the enthusiastic cooperation of your people to go out and wow your customers follow. Hopefully your process, part of your process is, is doing a quality job and wowing the client at the same time. And you need people that are going to champion that process. Yeah. So an, another another thing that just that that comes to mind here, Brandon, is is a lot of bosses. I say I'm going to use boss now for a minute. They have this attitude. Well, it's my way or the highway. That's the way I manage. That's how I am. Well, here's what you're going to find: people with that attitude. One, nobody likes them, unless they're just like unless they're grumpy, just like them, and they're always limited in their success. Yep. And one of the key things that leaders need to do is be able to adapt their communication style, their pace in order to work with other people. Well, remember, for instance, I'm a, I'm a fast paced person. People who are really good at accounting, are not fast paced people. So when I go buzz in there and I've got this great idea, you know, it can rub them wrong because Jason's springing something. We, we, you know, in, in accounting, they value accuracy and, and consistency. Yep. And I can get exacerbated with them because they don't move fast enough and they can get exacerbated by me because I move too fast. And we, when we, when we both understand 
uh, the needs of the job and the people that are running, that are working those jobs, we understand. And so I'm like, hey, I'm going to talk to people in accounting. I need to slow it down. And that doesn't mean dumb it down. That means I need okay. to slow it down because they want to process it. They want to get it right. And, and do I want my people in account? Do you want your people in accounting to get it right? Probably. Okay. Right. Oops. There's <laughs> thousands of dollars. We just paid out the, you know, to the wrong vendor. Oops. Right. Yep. Stuff like that. So we want them to take their time and not take risks. And that's one of the keys of building a team is, is beginning to understand people is understand. I cannot tell you how transformational this has been in my life. So, Behavioral styles. So let's get into this because I, I know we have a, we have an episode five. We're going to go all on the dick, disc. <laughs> we're going to go all, all on the disc personality assessment. Um, and then, uh, and, and some episode six, we're, we're going to go into how to motivate, but I really want to dive into this idea of, okay, you start this business, people who start a business tend to have a certain skill set, tend to be fairly type A and and kind of um, ambitious, you know, things of that nature, but maybe they, they aren't oftentimes the best managers or, or always be best leaders, but the need to transform yourself, as you're saying, is there. So when they find themselves kind of reaching that point, how do they do it? How did you do it? How did you learn these people skills that as of a few years ago, you say you didn't have? Okay, I'm going to tell you a story. I knew that I needed to upgrade some things in my company because God gave me a bigger vision for what we were to accomplish. And looking at that vision, I knew I needed to change. And literally for me, is this, this is what it was. I said, God, if I'm going to, if my company's going to grow and do the vision you've put in me, I'm going to need to become a better leader. And I ask for you to upgrade my leadership skills and give me some more tools in my leadership toolbox. And that's the point in which I, I became an avid reader, which is a, which is a whole nother pretty interesting story. I think that a lot of people up We'd like, we should probably share that at some point, Brandon. Uh, I think a lot of people will relate to that, but I'm, I'm an, now I'm an avid reader. Um, I learned about behavioral styles and I'm, I'm real, I'm a leadership enthusiast now. And, and that made all the differences. I, I became hungry to grow. I became hungry to grow and when, and you know what they say when the when the when the when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah, right. And so, so as as uh, uh, as as leaders, as owners, we can't stop growing. Just because you're the you know, just because you're the owner, doesn't mean you can stagnate. We have to be students for life. And yeah. again, you, you learn. How can you learn? How can you grow? Well, you can. You can. You can grow by uh, listening to podcasts, watching videos, attending seminars, reading books, hiring a coach, um, or you can also learn by wasting money, headaches, trial and error. The problem is that the, the, the learning that you get from experience 
maxes out. And wh why not why not learn from someone who's already paid the price of education? And whether they're giving it to you for free or charging you for it, I promise you it's a lot cheaper than learning it yourself. And there's a saying is, you know, what what's, you know, if if you if you think the price of education is high, wait till you see the price of ignorance. You know, now I, nobody listening to this podcast today is 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 in that last is in that last group, right? Uh, people people in listening to this podcast, you you guys and gals, y'all are hungry, hungry to grow, hungry to learn, and I I feel like I'm trying to inspire people here that you know becoming a leader and building a team is is key to your future, and if you want to grow your company and you want time, money, and freedom, and you want to make a difference in your in your in your little part of the world. Building a team is the way to go if you are a contractor. If you are a small business person, you have to build a team of people. And to do that, you need people skills, leadership skills. Okay, you need to be a person of character and you need to start breaking down. You know, if, for instance, if, if I say, hey, I want you to paint the exterior of this house. Are you going to know, are you going to know how you're going to wash it? Yeah, you are. Are you going to know how you're going to, how you're going to, prep it, what primers and caulks and, and uh, how many ladders and what type of masking and paint and spray tips that you're going to use. Yeah, you're going to know all of those. Well, building a team of people has the same type of components. It's not rocket science, but it's a different skill set. That's all it is. Yep. Yeah. I think, I think when you kind of break this stuff down and you think about it logically, so we just wrapped up a series with Jason Paris, <clears throat> you know, obviously um, founder, co-owner of Paris painting and Olive holdings and, and uh, generates quite a bit of revenue. And, and he brought in people to help him. So he's actually not the CEO uh, of Paris Painting, doesn't even technically work at Paris Painting anymore. So he brought in people to help him who he felt had skill sets that he didn't have and maybe didn't want to develop. He wanted to go do other things. So as you're kind of growing, basically three things are going to happen. Either number one, as you say, you your business is, is a reflection of you. Your limitations will limit your business. So you're either going to stay small, which is where probably 99% of people remain. And they think it's for exterior factors, and, and maybe some of those are, but a lot of it's probably self self limits that are imposed because of your skill set or, or whatever you have. Uh, second option is you're going to have to go undergo pretty intense personal growth because somebody who starts a company and is a hustler and maybe knows how to paint, knows how to sell, kind of gets it done, is usually not the best leader of people. So you're, you're going to have to go through a pretty intense process there of self transformation, which is which is what you've done uh, to to essentially come out the other side. And be able to actually still be leading your company while it's not just you, while it, while it's something entirely different. Um, or or step three is is as Jason uh, Paris did, essentially bring on other people. Realize, okay, I'm getting to a point now where where there are people who can manage better than me. There are people who can lead better than me. I now need to bring in a professional CEO. And this is what happens with a lot of companies that you see that private equity and venture capital invest into in other industries. As they get bigger, oftentimes that founder actually gets pushed out, which is kind of a sad story. Um, but but why? Why does it happen? The founder gets pushed out because they don't have the skill set. So if you want the company to grow, then then somebody needs to have the skill set for it to grow. Somebody needs to have the skill set to run a big company. And that person's either you or somebody else, or you're not going to have a big company. It's actually 100% logical. Just most people don't think it through. You know, Brandon, I like what Andrew Carnegie said. He wanted on his, uh, his epitaph on his tombstone, which I have not seen his tombstone. And I don't know if it says this, I, <laughs> I wish to have, he said, I wish to have as my epitaph. Here lies a man who was wise enough to bring into his service, 
men who knew more than he. Yeah. And that's, that's really what we need to do. I look around at my leadership team and I used to do their job. Well, guess what? They're now a specialist in their job and they're better than I was. And that makes me happy. It's awesome. To have yeah. people that are, that are better than me doing it. Yeah. It's like bring, bring in people who, who are smarter than you in that specific skill set because they're, they're just going to own it and do better. Yeah. The, uh, the meat cleaver they have there. That's so menacingly right. on the desk behind you, <laughs> always with it on reach. <laughs> so, so right, right, right. Here's a, a misconception, by the way. Um, a lot of people feel, feel and believe that you're either born a leader or you're not a leader. It's not true. Leadership is a skill set and you can learn it. Anybody can learn it, regardless of your personality oh. style. Anybody can learn it. And these, you know, you could say, well, I'm not a pupil person. Well, that doesn't mean you can't lead people and build a team. You can learn people skills. You can learn people skills. And you can do this if you want to. And it's, it's again, it's not rocket science. It just takes time and a desire to grow. That's all it takes. Yeah, there are, there are a lot of different leadership styles that can be effective. You know, there are introverts who are great leaders. There are extroverts who are great leaders. You don't have to to be some extroverted person who loves being around people to be a good leader. Absolutely. So let me, let me kind of, I know we're kind of running low on time, but I want to touch base on, on something a little bit thorny or a little bit more difficult. You know, people are, are the best part of business and the, and the worst part of business. When you find someone and, and you say, you know, this person's really, if, if they came and they offered, if they said, I'm leaving, I definitely would not chase them. Right. So if, if you have that thought, it probably shouldn't be there, right? So if if you've identified someone in your company that probably isn't the right fit, um, or maybe they're definitely not the right fit, how do you go about letting that person go? Uh, you know, both in in regards to actually letting the person go, and in regards to how to to maintain a, and potentially even improve company morale in the process. Okay, so just because someone is uh, not a good fit for the position doesn't mean they're a bad person. Let's start there. This could be a person that you love, care for, and you still know that makes it even much harder. And you still know that they're not right for that position. Maybe their skill set's not developed. Maybe they don't fit your culture, uh, something like that. Um, well, the first the first thing you want to do is uh, obviously try to build people and help them develop the skill set. Let's just assume for a minute that you know that. They just don't fit well. And you've got three choices. I think three choices. You can do nothing. You can uh, uh, let them go. Or you can uh, you can have a conversation with them. So let's just let's just assume that you've had all the conversations and tried to make the most of it. Okay, so you're either going to live with it or replace them. Here's what you have to understand. If you decide to live with it, that person is keep taking up a spot that a superstar could be taking. Imagine what would a superstar in their position look like? And if that person is just doing enough to not get fired or their performance is just barely enough to not get fired, you're not a very good leader if you let that continue. 
because it's going to cause discomfort. You don't want to have an uncomfortable conversation or you don't want to have to take on some headache because who's going to do their job? Well, this is, a, this is one reason why we always need to be recruiting people. Always. We need to be recruiting. We need to have uh, people that we can call on. Maybe that doesn't mean that they're sitting on our bench right now on the payroll waiting, right? But what we've got to do is we've got to find someone to take their place and uh, we've got to separate with them. Does that mean you just fire them and leave them out in the cold? No, but you could, you know, you could be honest. You could say, hey, look, I really care about you. Um, I, I don't think that this is going to be a long-term fit in this position and I don't have another position for you. And I care about you as a person. Um, I'd like to help you do, I'd like to do my best to help you find another position somewhere in a, or in a job where, where you can thrive. And, you know, you probably don't feel like you're thriving here because of some of the conversations we've already had. And I think you're a great person. I care about you. So I'm going to connect you, you know, with this recruiter or these friends over here who have a job over here, or I'm going to, I'm going to give you a severance package to get you by until you can find another position. But I've got to get someone in here who's going to help drive our company vision in this position and help us get to where we need to go. Those are very difficult conversations and I've had them. And that's much different than dealing with a toxic employee. When a toxic employee, when you fire a toxic employee, the rest of the, the, rest of the team celebrates, sure. sometimes silently, sometimes not silently. Uh, but, but that's, a, again, a, a story for another subject for another time. But it really just comes, you know, as a leader, that's one of the toughest things you have to do. You have to face reality. You have to face reality as a leader. This person is not going to take us where we need to go. And here's another reality you might need to face. Do you have the leadership skills, the people skills to run your own company if it were double or triple the size? That is a great question. Yeah. Again, here's the thing. You probably don't because if you did, guess what? Your company would probably be double or triple the size it is right now. So if you want to, if you want to grow your company, you better grow. You are the lid on your company. And I'm talking into the mirror myself right here. I am the lid on my company. You are the lid on your company. It, it all starts and stops with you. That's pretty heavy weight, but you know what it is? Stone cold truth. It's the stone cold truth, but guess what? Who's in control of their destiny? You are. You are. What life do you want to live? What do you want your business to look like? What do you want your day-to-day -day look to look like? If you want to be climbing the ladder on the paintbrush because you love doing that, do it. If you want to build a team of people and live a different life, do it. You can do it. I love it. Jason, this has been incredible, man. I, I really thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy uh, all of our episodes, man. Um, I think I'm going to end up having filmed the most with you out of anyone by the end of this year. So <laughs> I definitely get it. It's a real treat for me. Do you have anything else on this topic? I know this is our second episode. We have four more coming up. Anything else, uh, particularly relating to building a team that you want to add before we wrap this one up? I would say there's, there's two things, two practical steps that I would recommend that I recommend you take. Um, maybe more than two. The first one would be this. 
no one wants to join a company that's going nowhere. I want you to write your vision down about who you want your company to be in the future. Maybe 10 years. I want our company, maybe it's to be the best in town, the biggest in town, to, you know, to make enough money to give this amount of, to uh, charity, whatever it is, write down your company vision on who you want your company to be in 10 years. Divide that into, okay, if that's going to happen in 10, what needs to be true in five? What needs to be true in three? What needs to be true in one? And draft out your company vision so that you, the people that are, you're going to hire for your teams, like, where's this company going? What are they doing? They want to know. They don't want to just come. They don't want to come to work for a paycheck. If they do come to work for a paycheck and you don't have a good vision, they're just going to come to work for you and get a paycheck while they keep looking for the job they really want. Yep. Clock in, clock out. Yep. So that's the first thing is, is write down your vision, a compelling vision that people can say, wow, I want to join that company because I like where they're going. And I see a future for me there. I see a future I could, with my, my family. I can take care of my family working at that company in five and 10 years. Okay. Make a compelling vision. The second one is write out your core values. This is what's important to our team. This is who we are. And I'm going to hire people who are going to mesh with these core values. Don't hire anybody that doesn't match those core values. And then I want you to write out your org chart. And uh, I could probably make a template and, you know, share it on the forum if that Just would help. Do it, man, that would be awesome. Uh, of, that would be awesome. Different roles. And uh, so maybe that's a little exercise is make out the org chart. And then that'll help you decide who to start hiring. And hire for character, train them how to do their job. And above all, if you're going to be, if you're going to build a team, if you're going to grow your company and you want it to last, you have to be a person of integrity, period. You have to be a person of integrity. So if there's any cracks in your integrity anywhere, this is the time to seal them up and repair them and become a person of integrity from this day forward. I love it. You are your own lid, Jason. Thank you, man. Really appreciate your time here. Cannot wait for the, the third episode. Uh, as always, inspirational, insightful, educational, everything, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you. It's been my, been my pleasure, Brandon. If you want to learn more about the topics we discussed in this podcast and how you can use them to grow your painting business, visit paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast for free training, as well as the ability to schedule a personalized strategy session for your painting company. Again, that URL is paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast. Hey there, painting company owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Give us your feedback. Let us know how we did. And also, if you're interested in taking your painting business to the next level, make sure you visit the Painter Marketing Pros website at paintermarketingpros.com to learn more about our services. You can also reach out to me directly by emailing me at brandon at paintermarketingpros.com and I can give you personalized advice on growing your painting business. Until next time, keep growing. Painted podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.